for me, my media habits have kind of... <laughs> Kendall, welcome to Floor 9. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Floor 9. I am your host, Scott Elchison. And before we begin this week's episode, I just want to take a second uh, to remind everybody about the Floor 9 Listener Survey. Uh, it is live for one more week, so thank you to everyone that has already filled out the survey, and if you haven't yet, you still have time. We'll have links in the show notes as well as on social media to fill out the survey. Uh, it takes only about five minutes, and we greatly appreciate any feedback because it really does help us improve the, the show format, the content, and just make it an overall experience for our listeners. And as a reminder uh, to everyone that fills out the listener survey, you will be automatically entered to win one of the 10 subscriptions to the Brain FM service that we will be giving away. If you're unfamiliar with Brain FM, let me give you some background. So Brain FM makes functional music to help you do what you need to do, but better. Whether that is trouble focusing, sleeping, relaxing, uh, or even meditating, they create music that is backed by research and employs a team of scientists and composers to engineer music that is specifically designed to enhance these states within minutes of use. I personally like to use it during work. It helps me focus, uh, and it also does help me sleep. So uh, it's a great product, uh, and thank you again to Brain FM for sponsoring this year's Floor 9 listener survey. You can learn more about Brain FM at www.brain.fm. So go check them out. Now, Adam, with that out of the way, shall we dive into this week's news? First up, looks like Microsoft had a bit of a leak over these past couple days about their new Xbox One S product. Uh, so, Adam, what happened there? The, you know, the news is that there were some updates to the, the upcoming Xbox line that is going to be launching later this fall. Um, but I, I think the the super interesting thing and for relevant for our listeners is how well Microsoft handled uh, this uh, this leak. Um, because mm -hmm. the uh, information on the Xbox Series S uh, console leaked uh, and was posted on a number of blogs uh, around 11.30 p.m. Um, earlier this week. And uh, Xbox uh, really jumped on this and, and capitalized on the attention. Um, they, they actually, the first thing that they, they posted was, uh, was the awkward look monkey meme um, the, from the Xbox account. That showed up. <laughs> the, the good at, side uh, eye. <laughs> yeah. So, so it, the original leak happened at 1130. Then the Xbox account posted out of, with no context, the uh, awkward look monkey meme uh, at uh, just after 2 a.m. Uh, Eastern time. Um, so, you know, about two and a half hours after it happened, but again, in the middle of the night. Um, then at just after 3 a.m., about an hour later, they actually confirmed the leak uh, and posted their own uh, press shot of the console um, mm -hmm. and said that they would be sharing uh, more more soon, more information about it soon. And then uh, later, you know, I guess the, that day or the next day at uh, 1230 Eastern time, uh, they actually posted the official reveal. Um, so, you know, uh, less than 12 hours uh, or just over 12 hours after the original leak happened, um, they they posted the uh, a full reveal video with full details on the features as well as the, the pricing, um, which is something that uh, had still sort of been uh, speculated and hadn't been confirmed mm -hmm. yet. So I just think it's very cool of them to 
how quickly they jumped on this and, and leveraged the fact that people were excited about the console and talking about it already to just roll it right into their launch. Like, I don't think this is what, uh, you know, they were intending. I don't know that this, this timing was exactly what they were uh, planning for the release of this information, but they, they capitalized on that attention and rolled it into even more attention and really capitalized on the viral nature of, uh, of leaks about new, exciting new, new hardware. Oh, absolutely. And I still think that the ability for them to approve a meme on the account, I mean, like this really happened into like the culture of the internet and how uh, people communicate socially uh, is just fantastic. Yeah, it was a perfect response. And that that first meme had uh, 138,000 likes and 21,000 <laughs> retweets. Uh, so it, I think people, everybody appreciated, you know, just Microsoft acknowledging the fact mm -hmm. that a leak was happening. Uh, but I, I think they really capitalized on, on, on it in the best way possible. And throughout quarantine, we really seen gaming uh, it really explode with growth, both from a viewership standpoint and from uh, people actually playing games. And so with these two highly anticipated consoles coming this fall during the holiday shopping season, uh, this is definitely going to be some uh, additional fuel to the fire to kind of keep this growth going throughout the rest of the year uh, and continue to grow uh, that attention that is really focusing on this gaming market. Uh, so it'll be interesting to watch. And uh, we, really, we look forward to the November 10th uh, arrival of the these two consoles uh and again props to the microsoft social team for uh, really handling that leak with grace uh well well done in in other gaming news um fortnite is launching a concert series on the party royale island so they they continue to innovate on what this uh kind of in-world experience will be like for uh their their viewers and so adam what is fortnite looking to gain um from this concert series uh what are they trying to do basically they're trying to establish Fortnite as a stop on a tour that a that a uh, an artist would make uh when touring is is possible again and when touring is allowed again um and i think it's really smart and interesting in a lot of ways like obviously you know we've seen them develop uh, their the the concerts in Fortnite from those early days of DJ Marshmallow to Travis Scott, which was much more immersive and much more complex. Um, basically, they've now they've now built out a studio space in Los Angeles um, that is designed to make these sort of in-game concerts uh, much more turnkey. So you know you can drop in uh, while you're in LA on your tour and spend a few hours recording your concert in uh, in their studio, um, and then that'll play back later in Fortnite. And I think that that is that turnkeyness uh, and that the fact that it's something that can be done in a single day for the artist is going to be key to um, to getting more people uh, performing inside of Fortnite and it really advances Epic's uh, ultimate goal of making of turning Fortnite into a proto metaverse where we're experiencing uh, events like this all the time on a regular basis. And you know they're saying it's for concerts now, and I'm sure that's will be the primary use case. But there's nothing to stop them from do, using it for other kinds of motion capture and other kinds of events in the future. And I'm sure they will be experimenting with that. Oh, absolutely! It really opens up, you know, like the access to anybody in the world to essentially have a front row seat to a well-known artist or an artist that they like, uh, which is pretty, pretty exciting. But my question for you, Adam, and I don't know if you know this or not, is will these um, studio, you know, tour stops be similar or on par to like the Travis Scott event that we saw, or will it be a bit toned down where it's, it's more like concert focus versus like an entire show or production? 
That's a good question. I don't think we fully know yet. The first event will be happening this weekend, and I think that'll give us a better sense. My guess Mm -hmm. is that it's going to be something less than a Travis Scott, because I think that Mm -hmm. still will will require a lot of custom work and custom development, but um, probably more than than DJ Marshmallow, just because it's newer and more evolved. And, you know, Party Mm -hmm. Island was really set up uh, for this in the first place, right? There is a, a concert venue in the, in the on the island designed for this kind of thing. So I think this is, again, it's just a way for them to get more content into the game uh, and to build that uh, Fortnite as, as a destination for events and the, the you know, a proto-metaverse. Um, and if you want to uh, hear more about uh, the <laughs> epic strategy around uh, Fortnite becoming a metaverse uh, and, and other competitors in the space, you should check out our previous episode because we... Yeah. It's been a long time talking about it. It's a that. long time talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I also think that if this model works well for them, I would not be surprised if we start to see, uh, you know, Fortnite. I don't even know. Like, I, I want. I feel like they should have branded this the the studio as like a with a name as like a Fortnite portal mm-hmm. or something that you uh, you stop by to record. But I think if, if, if this works, I think we'll see studios for, for in-game production pop up in other parts of the world as well um, because they, then they can start, ex- you know, Fortnite is a, has a pretty strong US base, uh, but I think there's a lot of room for growth internationally and getting, you know, you get some of those, uh, those K-pop oh, yeah. uh, boy <laughs> B- bands BTS into Fortnite, Fortnite and it's going to explode. Will... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think there's lots of potential, you know, to, to see this model grow in the future. Yeah. Well, as always, we're, we're keeping our eyes out as we continue to see the physical and digital worlds continue to slowly blend together. Uh, and with that, uh, our last bit of news is that Apple has announced their first fall event, uh, which will be live on Tuesday, September 15th uh, at 10 o'clock PSD, 1 o'clock EST. Uh, and we're expecting to see potentially new Apple Watch, new iPads, uh, and maybe finally the AirTags product that was teased last last year or last at WWDC, but uh, didn't come out. Uh, so... We're excited for this one. I mean, Adam, are we going to see iPhones potentially come out for this one as well? Like, or is this maybe limited to the the three I mentioned already? Yeah, I think there might be some uh, additional products launched outside of those, but I but almost certainly no mm-hmm. iPhones. Uh, we know Apple has said that the iPhone will be later than usual this year because of manufacturing delays caused right. by COVID. So uh, I I am expecting that this is that the headline product here will probably be the watch, uh, but that there, there will be iPads. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some new uh, AirPods or, or some new additions to the AirPod uh, line of products um, and possibly some, some new home pods. Uh, I think it'll be everything but the iPhone uh, and prob almost certainly also the new uh, Apple Max uh, with, or the new Max with mm-hmm. Apple Silicon processors. Uh, I think that is, I think if those were um, were present, they would be headlining the event, and it sounds like the watch is going to be headlining All the right. event. Well, listeners, check back next week for our recap and analysis on the Apple event happening on Monday. That'll be our feature story for the uh, Floor 9 episode next week. And with that, uh, Adam, let's go jump into the main conversation this week with Christina. Today, we have with us the one and only Christina Andronli. Welcome back to Floor 9. Christina, how have you been? 
I've been great. I'm so excited to be back. Yeah. So how does it how does it feel to be back on floor nine, but on the West Coast? Well, Scott, with remote working, it actually doesn't feel any different, which is great. <laughs> that is that is great. I'm I'm glad to see that you're adjusting now. Uh, it is the end of summer. Uh, summer has come to a close, uh, and we want to really take a look back at these past six months. And I think we've arrived at our new normal. Was there a moment in these past few weeks or even months that has stuck out to you as either? you know, uh, like an aha of, ha, we are now living in this new normal or a signal of like, you know what, this is kind of how life's going to be going forward for the next, you know, foreseeable months to years. Yeah. I think for me, what makes the, the new normal really pronounced is the new types of conversations that I have to have with people around, um, their propensities for seeing other people, And I almost think it's like a new badge that you have to wear as a person of, are you a mask where most of my friends are? Thank goodness. Um, Are you, you know, what's your, are you open to going to dinner? Are you not? Are you going to ask someone who they've seen? Do you care about planes? Do you care about going inside? And I, what I'm finding is that everyone has a totally personal definition that if you put it together, might not seem totally rational, but just the fact that I've had to, especially since I've moved back to the Bay area, have these new conversations with people. It's like, how are you? How's your family? What's your openness to seeing me? And just having to be really transparent about that, I think drives home that we are living in a new normal. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I have also experienced that, especially just on the, like, you know, handshakes. Some people like to do handshakes. Some people want to do a hug. And I personally be like, ah, how are you doing? And I'll kind of like wave from, you know, six feet away. But, but Adam, what about yourself? Has there been a moment or something that you've seen that has kind of triggered it for you that like, this is, this is the new normal that we're living in? Uh, yeah, for me, I think it, it was, you know, there was those early days when it was just a little dystopian and weird to go go out on, on walks around my neighborhood and see everybody wearing masks. Um, but I think the real shift for me was when it was just, you know, we, we got over that and then it was, uh, there had been, there were a few months where I hadn't like gone into a store. I was getting my groceries delivered and I hadn't really done like a normal thing other, <laughs> other than like go out for walks. Um, and it was like trying to go into a store and trying to like conduct business with people wearing masks and everybody wearing masks and like sanitizing their hands after every interaction. And it was, that was where it was like, Oh, this is interesting and and feels different. Um, And it's good because I feel, you know, I feel like there was a good sense of community and everybody trying to be um, responsible and trying to take care of each other. But uh, yeah, it, it, it also adds, uh, you know, is, down to those logistics that Christina mentioned where, you know, it's one thing with your family and friends sort of negotiating boundaries and how safe people feel in different circumstances. But it's another thing when you're like dealing with strangers and you're like doing business with them. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And the, um, what I have seen is a lot of people respect it, at least the people that I have been around. And, and and I think that's been really, really positive. Um, from like a media perspective, have you had a change in your media habits, Christina and Adam? Like, are you, listening to more podcasts? Are you reading more? Are you reading less or, you know, watching shows less? Like just from like your general experience over these past six months, like, like what have you seen kind of like shift or change of, you know, where you're spending your time or, you know, how you're spending it, you know, across different applications and um, things of that nature? 
I can say that for me, uh, there have been two changes, I think, to my, my normal media habits. One is that uh, I'm playing way more video games. Um, and I have mm-hmm. completed, I, I feel like I can't remember the last time before 2020 that I have actually completed a video game, <laughs> much less uh, gone through and like completed all of the, the side quests and, and all the other stuff that you could do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've completed like, I think, three or four games since quarantine started. Um, so way more video games. I think it's, it's a nice, like, I don't know, there's a a feeling of, of control over the world when you're playing video games that I think is very comforting (laughs) in these times. Um, and I've also been going back and trying to watch old TV shows that were like, you know, very well regarded, but that I missed, um, which is not something Mm. that I normally find, feel like I have time to do because there's, you know endless amounts of new tv shows coming at us all the time um but i've I've found time in quarantine to like pick up some some old tv shows that i i missed uh and that's been pretty cool yeah that's no that's great i would say you're you're right on trend with uh the video games you know that's the one area we've seen a lot a lot of a lot of spike happening in those past six months so um yeah and i think i can throw my hand into that one as well uh that one has been super fun uh but christina what about yourself has there been anything that you've been seeing or doing uh when when you look at your media habits of how things have changed yeah i feel like even though i'm not commuting anymore i go on more walks and now that i have a car i drive more and i'm listening to a lot of podcasts while i'm driving um obviously still a lot of music around the house. And I actually think that's Mm -hmm. a good point. One of my favorite things about working from home and maybe one of the only things I like about working from home is that I get to have music on in my environment whenever I want, which is Mm -hmm. fantastic. I know that at the office I could put in headphones and do the same thing, but it's really nice just to have ambient music on all the time. But I would say much more music, much more podcasts and books on tape. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I have been really leaning into at-home workout videos from Equinox and um, a yoga studio that I went to in New York. And they're pretty high quality, I would say. Um, Mm -hmm. So not a perfect replacement, but at least it's something. Yeah, no, totally. I I commend you for for doing that. so for me, I feel like overall things have kind of slimmed down. I kind of went through like a trimming of all the things that I wanted to read or watch. Uh, and I've really focused on kind of like a few core uh, podcasts and shows. And then I, I've focused a lot of time on kind of building something um, during this time because that's, that's, that's been bringing me joy. So I, that, that's just kind of where I've been focusing my, my, my time with that one. I have one more thing to add. Now that I have my like, highbrow like oh ebooks and working out i spend three to four hours a day on tiktok i can't stop i signed up not the <laughs> quarantine, and i just checked my screen time and i am so embarrassed to say that i spend that much time on tiktok i am obsessed i understand the algorithm and why it's so valued because i am hooked it is like wow. candy in me I have this perfectly manicured algorithm for myself of gardening and culture and um, young dances that are like, I'm way too old to even be saying I like, and I, I get it. I totally get it. 
Yeah, uh, Christina, I'm with you. Uh, I'm looking at my screen time, uh, and I, it, it looks like I'm doing about an hour and a half a day on on TikTok. It's truly been fa- it's been fantastic. They're like there there hasn't been something on there I haven't laughed at, and I think just the nature of the content on there, for whatever reason, maybe it's the algorithm or not, maybe it's the content producers. I think it has been better than almost any other platform. It's been funny. It's a consistently funny. It's consistently well produced and well made. You know, everything. I don't know what I don't know what it is, but I am I am always laughing on it, or I'm always 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 laughing on it, or I'm learning something. It's fascinating. I don't think I've been watching as much TikTok as you guys. I, it's definitely not a you're missing a out. Daily you're missing habit. out. I know, I know, but it I do enjoy it. But I think one thing that I hadn't seen anybody make this comparison to, but one thing that I the TikTok reminds me of is uh, channel surfing. Um, in that when you're mm. like when you're uh, especially early on before the algorithm totally understands exactly the, the, the like five types of content that you want to see, it's kind of like it's very equivalent to you know, how we used to channel surf back when we all, you know, had cable and you used to just scroll mm-hmm. through the channels until you found something that you wanted to watch. Um, and I think that that in my mind is like the behavior that it's actually um, mimicking. And then eventually the algorithm gets to know you so well that you don't need to skip very many. Um, and uh, it reduces the need to surf and it becomes even more passive actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's been, it's been great. And, and I keep discovering new content that I didn't know I'd like. Like I keep, I keep getting reintroduced to, uh, grilling meat TikTok. Like every video now is like, you've made it to meat TikTok. And I was like, well, do tell me more. What are we grilling? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like an hour and a half later, I've learned how to make three different briskets. It's just like, it's been absolutely incredible. I'm, I'm really stuck in, in a hole with uh, tortoise TikTok. There's a ton of tortoise uh, people who have tortoises as pets that uh, I, I think I liked one video and I, I'm stuck in a hole of tortoises. Well, that sounds like a good hole to be in. I mean, like Christina, <laughs> like what, like what have you gravitated towards in your algorithm? It's a lot of skincare. There's like okay. a lot of skincare in my feed now. Um, and then there's a lot of gardening. I follow this one guy named Marcus. That's a gardener that combines wellness and gardening. And I think I spend so much time with him, my friend Marcus, that like curates plants and cross pollinates them and talks about how sometimes you need more space to grow and need to get away from your like sister plant that you're cohabitating with. I now see so much gardening TikTok and I love it. I also... You guys, I'm lost. I'm like gone. I'm really into like <laughs> all of the drama between like Sway House and Hype House and no like <laughs> dating Noah Beck now and not Griffin Johnson. Like I'm gone. You guys, I am your Gen Z girl. Like I am in it. I am obsessed. I can't believe it. But here what, we so are. The, what what are your thoughts on Six Nine going to the Sway House? Oh. I hate six nine. Yeah, I see. It, it, I'm with you. It seems such a mismatch on the uh, on like what it's all about. He's trying to use them to like up his image. I was like, ah, this doesn't seem this doesn't He's seem right. Pro troll, but that has more to yeah. do with my love for hip hop than my love for Sway House. Okay, good distinction. Good yeah. distinction. So, 
I think you know part of the appeal of TikTok right now is, is I think it's it's twofold. Um, one is that I feel like it definitely uh, appeals to a pandemic brain, where uh, I don't know about you guys, but myself and a lot of folks that I talk to uh, have uh, wandering attention spans these days, and uh, the idea of sitting down to watch you know a two-hour movie is a little challenging. Um, and I, I personally will pause that movie several times trying to get through it. Um, so you know TikTok obviously with its super short videos is appealing to that level of attention span that's easy to easy to maintain right now the other thing is, um, you know, that that algorithm, right? Like we're all having very different experiences on TikTok and watching very different types of content, um, and that algorithm is really the the driving force behind its popularity. And also something that is now, um, you know, we circling back to our conversations from a few weeks ago about TikTok is now sort of the subject of contention in terms of this sale. In that, um, with some some new regulations passed by the Chinese government the algorithm might not actually be able to be sold to an American government or to an American company uh, because uh, it might be considered, um, you know, classified artificial intelligence. So, um, you know, and, and what is TikTok without that algorithm? Um, I think that that is, uh, you know, personally, I think that people are like the algorithm obviously is good. I don't know, knowing how it works and seeing how it works, I actually don't know that it would be super hard for somebody else to recreate the TikTok algorithm um, to you know, take reverse engineer it, so to speak. Um, I think the, the, the knowing, I think the question for me is how are they categorizing, you know, the video content, how many, you know, we, we used to joke all the time about Netflix having those incredibly weird categories, like, uh, you know, action movie with a strong female lead, uh, set in, in, France was like a category that you could get. Um, but uh, TikTok is basically doing that with social video, which is, of course, going to be even broader um, in terms of the types of content that are created. And I think once you create that taxonomy, um, bucketing those and, and, and the systems to bucket videos into that taxonomy, it's actually pretty straightforward to create the kind of algorithms that TikTok has. So I think it's totally possible, but I think it is an open question right now. TikTok has definitely been one of those welcome reliefs uh, from this year's pandemic. And uh, I want to kind of ask both of you a question. Just has there been anything that you've been working with or seeing, you know, throughout these past six months that you wish, you know, had some improvement, you know, that could make our time through this pandemic uh, a little bit easier? Uh, you know, it, it could be new technology. It could be old technology that needs some improvement. Um, I just, I'm curious to kind of get your thoughts on it. if there's anything that you've been seeing that's like, you know, uh, this hasn't, this could use some help to make my time here easier, more beneficial, uh, better, whatever it might be. I think the biggest challenge is still those, um, kind of casual conversations that happen in the hallways and uh, around the office. Uh, and then mm -hmm. having that level of uh, sort of social connection with uh, both with coworkers and with clients and with, uh, with partners that we're working with, it's just, you know, it's not, it's hard to do that because you don't want to set up a, uh, you know, a, a Zoom call or a Teams call just mm -hmm. to hang out. I think we're all we all got over that pretty quickly. Um, but uh, having those conversations is is challenging, um, and and that maintaining relationships is challenging without having that ability. And I think it's something that eventually uh, we will come up with a 
solution to be able to do that remotely in better ways. Um, it might look like a gaming solution or something that gives you something else to do while you're hanging out. Uh, but uh, as for right now, I think that's that's the biggest challenge that we're, we're facing. Yeah, Adam, I want to, I, I totally agree with you. And I also think it's not even just about work, but it's almost like casual interactions at a gym or at a restaurant or at a coffee shop that are even outside of work that make you feel like you're part of society and not just like an individual alone in your apartment or house. Um, it, it is about work. And I think professionally, I've certainly been missing that, but I also think it's about, um, just being out in the world. And I mean, Scott, you know, I'm not a huge fan of small talk, but I also just miss like interacting with people that aren't you know, my family and friends. And then I think the other thing that I'm really missing is I'm feeling like there are, well, and I should preface this by saying I'm living in Northern California where air quality has been an issue. And I'm feeling like there are a lot of pieces of information that I have to triangulate in order to make a plan. So for example, if I wanted to go on a hike or I wanted to go out to dinner, I have to figure out what restaurants are open, which have outdoor seating, which have a good vibe that are also in a place in the Bay Area where the smoke isn't terrible. And I it's, I have to almost like pull all of these disparate pieces of information together. Um, and I think restaurants have been pretty good at least about um, including their updated hours. But I'm just saying for any type of business, shopping, whatever it is, what's open and it, and it's less about what's open and what's not, but what has a good outdoor seating situation or where is the shop not only letting in one person at a time where I can go and browse. And, um, it's more about finding out like recalibrating what I hate to use this word, but like really recalibrating what the vibe is of a certain place. Uh, right. I think it is something that's been, that I would love to see. Yeah. Well, I mean, so that's super interesting, right? Because like one of the things I think we've talked about in the past is like as uh, for like brands or restaurants or businesses is making sure all of your core information is up to date, like on Google search, right? Kind of or working through a partner with Yext. And so maybe this becomes a new field that businesses will need uh, to not only have, you know, your address, your phone number, uh, your website, but it's like, hey, you know, our, our new updated hours, our delivery services are, you know, our contactless free, you know, uh, payment methods, um, you know, essentially like a vibe check, like we are we inside? Are we outside? How many people do we have in the startup at, at one time? Uh, because I think to your point, like that's all really relevant information that as consumers, uh, as we start to kind of navigate and get more comfortable with this new normal, uh, we're going to be looking for. And right now it's not, it's not easy to find like that is missing information that most times you only get if you call the place or if you show up and kind of just figure it out on the fly, uh, which isn't always the the greatest solution. Um, so like that's a little like, you know, tidbit that I think that could be changing for, you know, how brands are showing up, especially on, on, on Google search is like, there's gonna be more information that we as consumers will need, uh, when we're going out into that environment. Adam and Christina, it was an absolute pleasure chatting with you both on this week's episode of Floor 9. Uh, I feel like we actually really, really hung out, you know, and to your point, Christina and Adam, we kind of missed the small talk. I mean, I think I think this is it. Everybody should start a podcast. I think that's the solution. Uh, a weekly show where you just get to t talk with your coworkers, colleagues, and friends. So um, thank you both. And to all our listeners, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Bye, Scott. Bye, Scott.
Listeners, that's our show this week. As always, thank you for listening. Uh, And as a quick reminder, the Floor 9 listener survey is live for about another week. So please uh, go fill that out. We greatly appreciate that response. Uh, And thank you again to Brain FM for being this year's Floor 9 listener survey sponsor. You can check out Brain FM at www.brain.fm for more information. And we'll talk to you all next week. (laughs) 